Welcome back, boys and ghouls, to another episode of Beyond the Senses. I think this is episode 17, if I'm not mistaken. Is it 17, 17 or 16? It is, it is 17, because I'm thinking about the artwork I made. It's 17. Noise! Boys! It, does the tall man say girls, if it's a girl? I don't know, right? I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Or sir, or none of the movies. None of the movies. He wants to go after a child, girl. So that's true. Yeah, we're back with another one, and the movie is 1979's Phantasm, which was Cam's pick for the 70s. You want to elaborate why you picked that one, sir? Sir, I went and look at the 70s movies that uh, I've seen, and I feel like you've definitely seen more 70s than me, but. I don't know. This one stood out. Um, obviously, it stood out. It's a great franchise. Great first film as well. Um, and I knew you loved it too. So I was like, well, yeah. this will be a good pick for both of us. Super solid movie. Super creepy movie. Uh, a lot of people know about this one. So hopefully, you know, if there's some movies that we went over that you haven't really heard of or seen much, hopefully this is one that y'all are interested in because... We like, definitely are. Is, we really like it. Yeah, because this is one, like you said, most people, if you're a horror fan, should probably know this one, at least. Yeah, definitely. And um, you had said you were, you, one of your other choices possibly was going to be Alice, Sweet Alice. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, we might cover that one as well. I was just trying to go over ones that I guess, you know, we we obviously like the big 70s movies. I mean, you know, we got Halloween, The Exorcist, stuff like that. but. Um, we will get to those, but I mean, this is a horror podcast, but we also want to touch on ones that are not those big, heavy, heavy hitters. I mean, this is a heavy hitter, but it's just, you know, if you get what I'm saying, I mean, those are always talked about, which we love those, but trying to shine some light on some others. So for the, yeah, for like early on, like the seventies, I didn't pick a seventies movie yet, but I do, it's going to be tough, but seventies, eighties. 90s it's hard to choose if i want to choose a popular one that everyone knows or if i want to throw in a gem that yeah. maybe somebody hasn't seen and so try to do both but you just never know what during the week right you know what i'm saying yeah but yeah man uh all right phantasm 1979 it was released first 1979 an hour and 29 minutes and it's directed shot edited Etc. Etc. <laughs> by Don Coscarelli. Uh, I think this is his first film too. We know why he did he did everything himself because the budget was three hundred thousand, which is a fairly low budget. I'm guessing it's. I mean, it is low budget for the seventies. But I don't know what the the budget from the low low budget seventies movies would be. I don't know, but three hundred thousand seems like about as low as you can get. And uh, we got a tagline here. I think there's a, like I said, I think there's another tagline to this, but this is the one I found and it was funny. So I went with it and it is, if you're looking for horror, that's got balls. It's found you boy. We said the budget was 300 K. The box office is around 15 million, which is a hell of a fucking lot of money. I think it holds some kind of record for some do it yourself, low budget shit. I I could be talking out of my ass be honest but i i want to say i should look this up this is very uh unprofessional of me but it's like you know a good bit of money for like a low budget movie for the time and i think even now like looking back but 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The score. Amazing. Uh, it's yeah, done by two people. Score. Fuck yeah. Um, Fred, Fred Murrow and Malcolm Seagrave were both credited for the score there. And uh, we'll get more into that as the movie goes on and we get into it because I, I love the score. Uh, let's get into the cast, man. The cast is Angus Scrim, rest in peace. Played the tall man. The man from another planet. We got Mike, who is played by A. Michael Baldwin. Don't know what the A stands for. <laughs> so, I know you told me that recently. <laughs> A. Michael Baldwin. It's A. Michael Baldwin. Uh, you got Jody, who is his brother, played by Bill Thornberry. So Jody, Jody comes back later on in the franchise, I think in like a third or fourth movie, but it's neither here no, nor I'm there. Not, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not remembering when Jody comes back, but um, I've seen all of them. So, you know, I have watched all of the, the whole entire Phantasm crazy journey. That's not, not even, that's not even focused mainly on the character in this movie, but you know, maybe we'll get yeah. to those down the line in other episodes because I wouldn't mind diving into at least the first few. So, def- I would definitely not mind like going into the third one because I'm a big fan of uh, Lord of the Dead. But speaking of, we said Jody comes back later on. Mike comes. Mike comes back in the next one, but it isn't always the same actor. It isn't always a Michael Baldwin until I think the third. Third, he's. I don't even know if he's in. He's in the third, but whatever. I know the second movie is a different actor altogether, but that Reggie Bannister who plays Reggie, which is funny because Reggie has the same name as his real name. Thought Michael was the same as his real name is his <laughs> name in the movie, but it's A. Still don't know what A is, but you got <laughs> Kathy Lester who plays the Lady in Lavender, aka the Tall Man in drag, or whatever that's whatever's going on there. He's a shapeshifter that turns into a woman who likes to fuck people in the graveyard. Lavender. You got Kenneth V. Jones, who's the caretaker. And if you don't know who he is, he's the guy we see kind of like coming after Mike while he's hiding in the coffin in the mortuary at Morningside. But he also gets the sphere to the head. So and you, that's like the first time we see the sphere, I believe, kill someone. So that's pretty memorable. You got Mary Ellen Shaw, who plays the gypsy slash fortune teller slash grandma who might go see in a random scene. Think about the scene. It's kind of random. What'd you think about it? Oh, yeah. It's very random. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so random, and the way it plays out is just weird. weird. Oh, yeah. a weird scene that isn't really... I don't know. It doesn't really fit in, but, I mean, this whole movie has a weird, like, piece together. It's pieced Bond together theory. weirdly. Yeah. And the last person I got on the list here for the cast that were enough for me to list because it's not really a big cast um it's terry calbus and she plays the uh, gypsy's granddaughter mike's friend um i don't even think they have her name in there i think because he does i don't maybe he does but i don't think there's ever said who the little girl's name is way she's the granddaughter to this gypsy woman that's all the cast i got did you have anything else uh any any notes you wanted to say or any kind of like trivia or anything you want yeah to so um so a little bit about Angus Scrum. Uh, he was already six feet four, if you didn't know. Dude was a monster. So uh, he was already pretty tall, but they actually made him wear shoe lifts and uh, 
suits that were a little too small for him. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was like for to make him, I guess, like look, I don't know, <laughs> scarier or creepier, I guess, with the small suits, but also be taller with the shoe lifts. So it was a small suit too. I didn't know that. I think I yeah, heard about it's tighter. Too. It's too small. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the uh, I know you mentioned the budget. So the budget was actually I, I don't know. I I mean I'm guessing you know like you said the budget was relatively low. But uh, I think to keep it lower or to keep it at that price, um, it says right here that I read online that he rented a lot of Don Cus. How you say his name? Cascarella. He rented all the film equipment and returned it um, every Monday. So they would film on the weekends and then he would return it on Monday. So he got like a cheaper price for the equipment. So he, he was able to get, supposedly he was able to pay for the equipment on a Friday and use it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And like it equated to being like the same price for if he. I don't know, like, it was, like, cheaper. So, yeah, he was able to f- make the budget lower with that because he didn't even own his own equipment. So, I guess that's what <laughs> I read that too. about it. Yeah. I read that, too, because I know he had said that he got it on a Friday and he wouldn't have to return it till Monday, but it was, like, a discounted thing or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the title of Phantasm came from Edgar Allan Poe since the word Phantasm was used so much in Poe's work that the director um had a dream which was the reason by his creation so i guess uh he went by the word from poe's work but i mean he also had a dream about this i suppose which goddamn that must have been terrifying i wonder uh, how intricate the dream was i wonder if like i don't know I wonder if it was just an idea know. of a tall man or like it's probably some in the mixture of that yeah. it's, probably not, it's probably not everything you see in the movie was a dream <laughs> yeah but I don't the, know, the but it's you a dream. Yeah. Um, it, it makes sense, though, because it's... I look at this whole movie as, like, a bad dream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the spheres were created by Willard Green, um, who actually died before the film was released, which means that he never got to see his spheres on screen, so... That's unfortunate. Yeah, that's pretty unfortunate, because the spheres are definitely one of the cooler parts. Yeah, we, get them, we don't get them. We don't get them too much in this movie, but fuck, after this movie, it kind of that's kind of like the thing that they. Yeah, but see, a lot. I feel like you know it's kind of one of those things where like you don't you don't like when it is used in this movie, it's really good, and like I don't think it's like you know just some like it shouldn't be like you know what I mean. I don't think it's underutilized. Like when it is used, I mean it's it does some damage like <laughs> well know. i, I want to say it, it isn't used that often though i want to uh, maybe two or three times maybe more maybe I'm yeah it is yeah but like when it's like screwing into the skull and stuff like i mean the 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 amount of like i guess it's memorable you know for like when oh, yeah. it is on screen absolutely um another thing with the spheres pro baseball players through the spheres in some of the shots so they got baseball players to throw these spheres and then the footage was played in reverse i um, knew that yeah i knew that actually yeah. funny <laughs> not only that but also the sphere kills were filmed in reverse so that's pretty cool too um how do you so do yeah, that i don't i don't know man i don't understand it i mean how you 
like I guess they because like I guess they make them throw it and then they take the footage and then they reverse it. But how do you shoot the scene? I, I don't know. Like unless and then they take the sphere, put it in the the actor, yeah. I guess, and I mean, then reverse it. I don't know, man. I don't know, but. <laughs> I'm just yeah. imagining fucking pitchers throwing the fucking spheres fast as shit. <laughs> yeah. Running it in reverse. Professional baseball players. Yeah. Not just anybody. Some professional uh, fucking pitchers. Yeah. But, uh, and then the last thing I got was that the film was originally three hours long. Damn. Um, but the cut, but they cut it down. And some of the scenes were used actually in Phantasm 4. Um, I don't remember Phantasm 4 too well. So I'm not sure about what scenes those were but yeah so supposedly we got some scenes in phantasm 4 that was supposed to be in the original but a lot of the original footage that wasn't used is actually lost so oh wow still yeah, lost so, it I, do, I don't understand how that happened like i'm you know i'm not i'm a literally literal idiot when it comes to like movie making but like it's just not it's crazy to me how you know like, I make sure, like, I don't lose certain files that I had, like, five, six, seven years ago. But these, these like, doc, well, not, not documents, I guess, but this footage from, like, movies is literally like, yeah, we don't know where it is. And it's like, that's so crazy to me. Hollywood, too. Like, that's a common thing. And especially horror. Yeah, I know. Look, at, look at the boutique labels and they're like, oh, we, we want to put this movie out. But there's, like, a fuck ton of the movie that's unavailable. We can't find yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. It don't. It never made sense to me either. But it's like, god damn. Yeah, but that's pretty much all the info I got. It's a pretty interesting movie. Um, so yeah, yeah. Well, with all that wrapped up, let's get into this. This is Phantasm from 1979. Phantasm. Is it a nightmare? Phantasm. Is it an illusion? Phantasm. Is it an evil? All right, man. We got the Phantasm logo right away in red. The Phantasm logo, and we're cutting to the Morningside Mortuary House. I guess it comes in the frame, and the camera pans through the graveyard. What? Two people making out. Yeah, and um, also, too, you mentioned the grade score, and we're already getting the grade score right now. Yeah, you're right. Starts with the the score. Yeah, it's so good. Yep. Which I don't remember. I might have to find it but there's a there's that song i told you about they slow it down and they use it in it and i've heard it played like at work on the radio and stuff yeah like even at work yeah so like i want to know if she if she like whoever made the song that you're talking about if they come out and actually like like credited phantasm for that part yeah i don't Didn't know um, yeah because i can't remember exactly what song it is um I was gonna try to look right now, but uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's definitely an '80s song, a uh, female saying song that is using the same tune as Phantasm. But yeah, uh, 
or in the graveyard. Is the, is the guy's name Tommy that you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, okay. I put that down on my notes too. So like Tommy's like looking like pretty good right here, honestly. <laughs> I didn't put him on. I didn't put him in my cast. My oh, okay. Player. Yeah, but he's like, right. He comes back though. He comes back in a way. <laughs> yeah, they're getting it on the, in the graveyard. Yeah, yeah. But do you think the the mausoleum like they show it right here? That's what you would call it, right? A mausoleum. Mausoleum. You talking about the white yeah. walls and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like yeah. from the far off, like distance from where we this is shot at, like doesn't it look like a house? Like every yeah, time they show does. it, I think it looks like a big old house. And like they show it often in the movie. But anyways, yeah, the, they're fucking right. So they're fucking in the graveyard. These two people we don't know of who at all. And then guy ends up getting stabbed by the girl. Yeah, which is a super cool shot too, right here. The shot of the blade. Yeah. It's another. I mean, you get a lot of these shots in slashers, but a really cool shot at night. Yep. And guess what? It's not the girl anymore, though. She transforms to this ugly old man that we don't know who he is. He's not introduced. Just this man. Fuck this man. Man, fuck this man. (laughs) And it's uh, kind of strange for the start of the movie, but it's, um, I don't know, like Wait, what? Captivating. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But we find out right after that, though, because we cut to Reggie and Jody, who we see for the first time, who are talking about their friend killed himself. I think he killed himself. Yeah. Um. That's Cutting what they out. say. I'm pretty sure that's like the scene right after that happened in the graveyard, right? Like they cut to Morningside. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we do, they're talking about the friend. Who they're there for for the funeral, I guess, and that's the guy we end up. That's the, and it ends up being the guy we saw in the intro. Who got right, stabbed right. by the who got stabbed by the tall man. Uh, side. Yeah, and then we see Jody go inside the mausoleum, and this is the first time we start hearing some weird noises. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> first time Whatever we actually see inside too, though, right? Because I don't think we see the mausoleum until now, or do we see it before? No, 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 no. This is it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is fucking cool. It's such a nice design. Like it's all yeah. Uh, what's the word for it? It's all like I can't think of a word. It just looks nice to the eye. I can't. Uh, it's like cl- not clinical, but like <laughs> looks it's kind of polished. uniform. Uniform. That's the word. Yeah. 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 All right. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's like a polished look. And then right away we cut to um, a kid on a dirt bike. We don't know who this kid is yet. Uh, of course, we talked about him in the cast. This is yeah. Mike. Uh, a Michael Ball. <laughs> yeah. He's riding a motorbike yeah. through the fucking cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Me, 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 me. But then he sees, he sees a figure or something from the corner of his eye run from grave to grave. Yeah, dude. That's so weird. <laughs> that's so weird too like this is all just happening before your eyes like there's not, there's not no nobody explaining anything you're just seeing it as I, you go why i feel like this movie it's like i i love this movie but it has like no like like the first time i watched it it has no direction to it like oh. it's very like open just like i don't know how to even explain it like it's Definitely understand what you mean by that, and I wonder if that has to do if that was on purpose mostly, 
Or was it just because this was his first film and he didn't know how to make a film? And he's like, fuck it, we're just going to put this, we're going to make it like a nightmare. I mean, that's pretty smart if that's his idea. <laughs> yeah. But what happens here? We, uh, so he starts hearing some weird noises as well. And then we cut to our um, next character, Red. She's also hearing these strange noises. So everybody's, we kind of seen our characters here with the mausoleum, weird noises. Yeah, Jody hears some shit, but he also sees something. Also, he sees like a cloaked figure run across the hall. Yeah, <laughs> it's the first time right. we see one of these fucking minion things. <laughs> and uh, right then and there, though, man's behind him, and he's like, "The funeral is about to begin, sir." Yeah, dude, it's so weird because like, so we see him. That's like him as like basically like he works there, I guess. But yeah, like, like yeah. yeah, but like we. It's like he's human and like he's a human, but I mean it's still like weird and just not. He's not probably he's probably not a human. <laughs> no, but I'm saying he he's you know Trading a human. Yeah, yeah, and like it's like just still weird and like out of place. Like <laughs> I mean, but yeah. So what's that? First time we see the tall man, I believe. No, besides him. Oh, he killed in the beginning. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Time we uh, talk. But yeah, this is uh, Tommy's funeral. So um, then we see Mike uh, looking through some binoculars. He's hiding away in a bush and he's getting this different perspective of the funeral. Um, he's looking at the body of Tommy uh, that's coming out of the hearse. Yeah. And before like, that, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but before that, you do see uh, Reggie and. Jody, like looking at the body in the coffin. Yeah, yeah. And he says that uh, he's glad that Mike didn't come because he wouldn't sleep for weeks. But he, Mike's actually there. <laughs> yeah, right. Mike's actually just, there, but he's like that. Yet again, like you said, there's no explanation. So like, there's this weird like, like obviously they know each other, but like there's this kind of weird like split between you know their connection like these guys you know like i mean you yeah. obviously know but like something's not right with him like you know and jody like i mean so i don't know but then we go back to the point where you were saying where he's with the binoculars and he's the coughing out of the hearse and everything we get the score right here we get a good part of the score yeah. right here too. It right up pretty nicely really good really good part yeah. right here with the score we see a Barracuda. I think it's a Barracuda. It's the car that fucking Jody drives. Yep, Takes off the leave. morning side. Yeah, Jody and Reg leave. And, um... Well, then we get the tall man loading up Tommy's body into the hearse. I mean, single-handedly grabs this whole casket. <laughs> <laughs> it's it like, so light compared to... <laughs> I didn't see... I didn't say this, and I don't think I even wrote it down, but... That part, like, he really did lift it by himself. <laughs> but it was like a, a something was made differently with it to where he could lift it. But he really <laughs> did lift it by himself, obviously. They didn't, I don't think they used anything to help him lift it because it wasn't a real or something. The way they made it, they made it lighter so he was able to lift it. But it's probably yeah, that was like another fact. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's still weird. No problem. It's definitely effective for this because it's like, God damn, dude. Like, yeah. And it freaks Mike out. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. 
And then we oh I put right here too that the theme is very similar to two wheel bells to me a little bit. It's yeah, different, um, different, but it it brings forth memories of that score for some reason. Yeah, and then it kicks in right here too again. The theme yep. kicks in. Um, then we see Mike uh go to this uh house. We don't know what's going yeah. on here. Uh, I know you already touched on it. It is the most probably weirdest parts of the movie. Like not weirdest parts, but weirdly like placed in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is the. Grandmother, she looks like Ozzy. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. You can't, you can't tell me she don't. She, she does. About it. She does. Then I don't think about it. I wrote that down immediately. I wrote that down immediately. I didn't think about it. Like Ozzy Osbourne, dude. Like, <laughs> I think so. I mean, definitely does. I don't think about it, but that didn't come to my mind, which is funny. To oh, me. dude, it immediately came to my mind. <laughs> She doesn't talk either. Like the daughter that the granddaughter that's there that Mike knows is the one doing the talking for her. Right. Yeah. And she's yeah. just talking to the lady about Jody leaving. Um, yep. It's so like odd too, man. Because <laughs> yeah, like, but it's it's also odd too because like I said, they don't talk, but they have this weird telepathic thing. Because like grandma won't say nothing, and the girl will listen and then like repeat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it's like about Mike's life. Yeah. She's telling her grandma, like, hey, look, this this kid's brother's leaving. It's like, what is this? Like, like <laughs> I guess he found out through school or some shit that his grandma was some kind of fucking... But it's like, what know. is she going to do that helps his brother leaving? Like, you know? Like, I mean... Yeah, it's, it's random. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but he does mention, like you said, that He's he found out Jody's leaving, you know, and he's kind of like upset about that. And then we get the flashback to when he first found out that right. Jody was gonna leave him. And um, Mike are working on his car, Jody's car together. And then Toby, a guy named Toby, which I didn't put in my cast either, but he comes to walk. He comes walk up to Jody, and while Mike is under the car working on it, and now that Mike is thirteen, Jody says he's thinking about sending him to live with his aunt. Like, what the fuck, Jody? That's fucked up. Yeah, and that he's gonna miss him. And that he Jody follows him everywhere, and Mike's hearing all this underneath the car. And the yeah, next I mean, I got... yeah, I mean, you could definitely tell like Mike's upset about Jody leaving. Um, he's upset about it, um, and like I don't know, it's just, but but it's so weird to me because usually in a movie, that's why I think this movie's so weird with the connection with the guys because like usually in a movie, I mean, you you'd get like something to like make you feel for them. Yeah, like we have nothing to go off of, like at right. all. Like we're just like, okay, this dude's brother's leaving. Like, but they making it seem like so dramatic. Like it's like this is causing a split between these brothers. You know, like I think there's a reasoning behind that. The way you said that, because it feels like it's huge and it feels like it's important, is because you know, we get to it, but we find out something in the end, right? Jody, right? And I mean, yeah. it makes sense because. uh him leaving is like also kind of like a is it would, would metaphor be the word i don't know but like if this is a big dream and this is all in mike's head let's say say him being afraid of jody leaving him is actually like his mind being his mind telling him like grief grieving i, I don't give, i'm gonna get rid of the i'm get rid of the fucking ending before we even get to the end but you know what i'm saying like yeah we'll get to it yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. 
Yeah. It's just like a, I don't know, something going on with the brothers. So, <laughs> and the grandma does tell telepathically that not to worry, and that if he does, if Jody does leave, he's gonna take him with him. Right. So yeah, but then Mike lets her know like. And it's so weird, too, when he lets her know about it. Because, like, you could tell, like, he's kind of disturbed. And he's, like, telling her about how he saw this guy putting a whole a whole entire coffin into a hearse by himself. And it kind of yeah. freaked him out. So he's like, I got to tell somebody about this. So Yeah, and we get the flashback of when it happened, too. Yeah. Right there when he's telling it. Kinda, you get a little more, like, additional scene. It's like an additional part to what we saw already. So, like. We see him loading the coffin up again, but then Mike tries to take off on his bike, and all of a sudden his bike stops and like he flies over the handlebars. Yep, and he sees the tall man once Merkin more. <laughs> he just he's just staring at him at Mike while he uh, flew over the handlebars. And then Grandma says that they want to play a game. <laughs> this is random too, where they put the, the black box they put on the table. Oh, you had full on, full on copy though. You, you know what this is from, right? No, like this is like a full on, like straight up, like it. It definitely ripped it straight from Dune. I don't know if you ever seen Dune, but Dune came out before this. Yeah, Dune came out before this. I don't remember when though, but the as ba- I mean, Dune was based on a book, but Dune in the book, dude. There's literally a game just like this they tell the main guy atreides like to do this test fear is the mind killer you know oh, literally man. it's like literally it's like two to the huh? i've heard that quote i've heard that quote fear is the mind killer in like songs before but i didn't know oh, it was yeah. something, it was something pulled, yeah. yeah it's definitely pulled like straight to the t i mean i don't mind it but when i was what watching it this time around i like caught it because i've seen dune now but like yeah. So I was like, oh, shit, that's literally, like, copied. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but, like, it. it I mean, it, it's truth, truthfully, it's a copy, so. So in Phantasm, they use a box, right? Is, is it the same yeah. thing in, in Doom? Yeah, it's a box, and, like, I think it's a box. I don't know. It's He has to put his hand into something, um, and, like, he's scared because, you know, know what's gonna happen and they got this creepy lady that does it in dune she has like in the new dune at least i don't know about the old one but she has like a mask on like you can't see through it it's like chain mail but it's it looks weird um but yeah anyways this whole scene is like basically the same exact thing sounds just like it which is odd to me well yeah it happens i guess i I don't mind but i mean it is ripped from it but yeah yeah you're right but the girl and the grandmother laugh because um, I guess he really didn't have much to worry about. I mean, his hand got stuck, right? And he was like, Whoa, wait, what, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, he sounds so freaking like funny too when he's like, <laughs> I can't get it out. My hand. <laughs> you sound like, just like him. You sound just like him. <laughs> <laughs> and they're laughing, but they're like, Don't be afraid or something like that. It's like, Don't, don't be afraid. Look, I'm probably going to audition for the Phantasm remake. I'm gonna play a Michael Baldwin's Michael. <laughs> you're gonna play, yeah. You're gonna be playing a Michael Baldwin as Michael, not just Michael, but a Michael Baldwin as Michael. <laughs> but okay, so they laugh. They tell him fear is the fear is the killer. It's all in his mind. Blah blah blah. It's just a lesson for him to say that this is all fear, and you're stronger than that. And then this is us showing you that. It's kind of like 
either here or there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything else, but then we see a girl walking uh with some flowers down the road. I think it's that girl. Is it the girl that um I'm trying to think he's friends with but it's not it's real quick but she's just walking down a road with some flowers um and then reggie shows up in his ice cream truck was the little girl at morningside though um maybe so i I don't remember um there was a girl walking with some flowers i think they show her walking like to morningside or like around morningside with the flowers yeah yeah, you said you said right too. Reggie pulls up in uh, Reggie pulls up uh, to Jody's in his ice cream truck. Yeah, and um, dude, do you like this part with the the guitar, the singing? I do because it was all like off the cuff, I believe. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I want to say I it was good too. I think it's just I totally forgot about this part in this movie, dude. Legit, play a fucking song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which is one not like, you know, it's kind of, you know, like different and especially for a movie like this. So I like it. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like you said, you don't really see shit like this in movies where just he pulls up to the house, grabs his guitar and he just start jamming and singing. And and after that, he pulls out the tuning fork, which who the fuck uses tuning forks like this? I don't even know. I know. Yeah. But they they pull a close up to the tuning fork and he's like, "Remember this fork because it's gonna come back later, most likely." Yeah. <laughs> I ain't never seen that like that before in my life. But like that tuning fork, that like that operation, I don't know what the fuck that's about. But. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the next no, the next time I, I got right here that we see some girl wandering at Morningside. I think that's the girl with the flower that you mentioned. Yeah. So yeah, we see the girl I, back at the mausoleum and she right. opens up the door. And just screams. Yeah. Uh, we don't see nothing afterwards. Yeah, it's a real quick scene. Next scene, we do have this. This movie does jump around a lot too. Yeah, it does. We go to Jody again. He's at a bar, which I think is not too far from where he lives, because Mike's watching what looks like his room next door. Um, and Jody's flirting with this girl at this bar. Um, but who's the girl he's flirting with? The girl that killed his friend in the beginning. Right. Yeah. The uh, lady hooks up with her, and uh, they end up back in the graveyard. Yeah, we seen and, this. Uh, we, we seen we seen where this goes. Yeah, Mike follows. So Mike is, you know, kind of Mike is literally like stalking his brother. Like he's a peeping tom. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's like, damn, dude. Like you know, if I'm worried about something, like I'm not gonna literally track the person down. Like you know what I mean? Like can't leave his side. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, and I mean, it's like. You know, yet again, it's like, where are their parents? Stuff like that. I mean, yeah. They're in the graveyard, right? And then we see them making out or doing what they're doing. And they both say, both of them say Mike and Jody say, wow. And I'm guessing she showed her tits to him or something. (laughs) And then we hear this strange, he hears a strange noise from behind him. Like a snarling noise. Like a growling noise. And um, he doesn't see anything. Yeah, he looks and uh, he looks for it, and eventually we see the a cloaked figure. Right. Um, yet again, like we saw at the beginning, yep. and that scares the <laughs> shit out of Mike. So, Chases him, doesn't he? Yeah, so he runs um, out of the trees, runs past his brother. Brother having sex with his mouth. 
Wait, what's that? Who has underwear in his mouth? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so I don't know. I think that's kind of strange because I mean, like, I don't know. I guess we're watching this guy, like, you know, being his peeping tom to his brother. And then there we go. Like now, now he knows about it. So I mean, if you think this was gonna happen, the majority of the movie or something, huh? Knows that Mike is there. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, like, you know, if we thought this was gonna go on for a while, well, it doesn't really last too long because uh, he finds out right now. He tells him about it, and his brother says it's probably a a gopher in heat. (laughs) Gopher in heat, yeah. There's a there's like a bunch of stupid shit like that in the movie where like these one little liners where like they say some goofy ass shit that's supposed to be funny. I'm guessing I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so it's been a gopher any. He... Yeah, I got it right here. And he claims that uh he claims he has an overactive imagination too. But he also gives him the keys to go home. And then we get the score again right here. As he goes home, someone seems to be watching him from the bushes, which I'm guessing is the like the little hooded figure is what I had to guess. And then we cut to Mike sleeping in bed, and we get really other stuff right here, score wise. Very synth. Yeah. Heavy yep, shit right very, yeah, I like it a lot right here, too. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. A lot of the synth, I, I mentioned tubular bells, but the score also reminds me of Italian horror, too, for some reason. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that I see that for sure with the ones that I've seen. Yeah. Um, see him laying in the bed, right? And then the tall man's over him. It's a bed in the middle of the cemetery. Mike's <laughs> laying there, which is obviously a dream. The tall yeah. man's standing over him, and then all of a sudden, you get the hands from the ground coming up and grab his, grab him on yeah. the bed. Yeah. I mean, that's it's a pretty like, cool scene. What? It's a cool scene. Yeah, it is. It is. It's so like, yet again, what is even going on? Because like, this movie is jumps around a lot. You know, we have no direction with it, whatever, but like, you know, it, it doesn't like, I don't know. Like if you were watching a movie about zombies or undead or whatever, it's usually like focused on like them and like what's happening, what's going on, whatever. We don't know who this tall man is, (laughs) like what's going on. Like, why is he after these, these guys? Like, I don't know. It's just, do you remember the first time you seen this? Did it, did it? confuse you at all because a lot of people say it's kind of confusing the first time you see it yeah yeah no yeah i remember watching it and i liked it but like i can't i can't lie that like i put it on and i was kind of like just like what is happening but it it didn't but i I like what is happening like it is a weird movie but it's kind of like i didn't know what was going on but i mean i think that's the fucking uh, yeah i think that's the like the the lure of the movie is like you don't know what's going on but what is going on is captivating and you're like oh this is pretty fucking cool i just don't know what exactly is going on <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so michael goes to uh well mike michael mike <laughs> Mike go to uh the dunes cantina um yep. which is uh bar yeah like a bar um he's walking through a city with a sucker in his mouth and uh, he turns and sees the tall man. And the way he's walking right here is really creepy, dude. This part, <laughs> I think he's walking it is. weird as fuck, yeah. I guess some people wouldn't, but I think it's weird. And I know obviously that's what they were going for. But, like, I just don't like the swinging of the arms and stuff, man. That shit's weird. Like, 
What's even weirder is Jody's not too far from the fucking tall man across the street. Yeah. Right. Well, 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 wait. The whole dream thing. Yeah, because he looks across the street, sees the tall man, but then the tall man walks into frame where Jody's truck's at. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That part's weird. Yeah, and like the smoke from the cold of the ice cream truck is out, yeah. and the tall man stops and turns and like feels the coldness and like almost like embraces it. Like, this feels good from where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird fucking scene, but. Um, it's another scene that you remember from this movie, I think, though. Like, I've always remembered this scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It sticks in my head as a scene from this movie. Yeah. Very odd, for sure. And then we go back to the cantina, right? And then Cody's looking for the woman that he found in there the other night. And he asks the bartender, and the bartender was like, you get a hold of something you couldn't handle? <laughs> yeah. Dude, well, what are you talking about the girl? Hey. So did we did, like for the part though with the weird walking like and yeah. he, he stands right next to Ridge right there yeah yeah okay okay yeah because like, like I don't think he cares about Reggie himself I think he just cares about the coldness from the ice cream truck yeah it's just weird though because like he's standing like and it's like like is he right there like because Reggie like doesn't react right. you know right which I mean that that if you think about it. Into the whole dream like thing again because it's like why there's a tall man doing this weird shit but he's also about Reggie at the same yeah. time like what are the what is the coincidence they would be about each other yeah. but yeah and I did mark down right here too that Mike is definitely terrified like right now yeah, yeah. like he is like literally like what is happening <laughs> bro did you notice this okay we talked about the cantina because Jody's there did you notice the music in the cantina um what exactly there's parts of the theme in the music in the cantina. Now it's different oh, music, different music altogether. It's this weird fucking like upbeat thing, but here and there <laughs> you hear parts of the score, and I'm like, what? That's so fucking cool because it yeah. just feels more like a fever dream. Because it's like yeah. I'd probably have to go back and hear it because I don't, I don't think I caught note of it. Should after this or whenever you get a chance, you should go to the scene where they're in there, in there, and you listen to the score there. It's not even part of. I mean, it's part of the score because in the movie, but. The music's being played in the cantina, but it has yeah. parts of the score inside this other piece of music that has nothing to do with it, which I thought was fucking dope. As yeah, shit, honestly, it's weird how this score. Like, I mean, the movie is like known, but, like it's weird how this score and movie and movie isn't as like even isn't even bigger than it is. Like, I mean, I guess because of the movie not being as like directional as others, it's not a linear story exactly. Yeah, yeah, but this theme is super iconic, and like the the character of Anger Scrum, you know, it, like it's 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 iconic. So I mean, like you know, it's I guess the iconic within horror, horror, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Michael, wait. <laughs> oh yeah, so Mike is working on a uh, Jody's car, and uh, he hears a noise again. Uh, it's like a little startling noise that a little startling noise again. Um, yeah, he's by himself though, right? Right, yeah. And uh, they're on top of the vehicle, whatever it is, and then it <laughs> falls on him, and it's Jack literally pushes him, dude. <laughs> like, Bro, it, it pins him to the ground. Yeah, really. Yeah, I'd be terrified. Hurt, man. Like, claustrophobic as fuck. So, yeah, I mean, if a car fell on top of you, like, it seemed like he couldn't move. Yeah, that would, be, that would scare the shit out of me. I'm, I hate small spaces, and that's just terrifying. To me. And then literally, like, 
not even wording this any differently than really what happens. Jody just magically appears. Like, I mean, well, we see his shoes. Yeah, but like he's literally like <laughs> he spawns. Like, we see him he, like we see his foot, and then he hit no um. Mike hits it. <laughs> Wait, what's that? Mike hits the foot with a wrench. Yeah, yeah. So he <laughs> yeah, he hits it, and then uh, and then he helps him out. And then, of course, you know, yet again, he tells him and he doesn't believe him and he doesn't know what to do because he tells him about these these noises and these things and everything. <laughs> which I don't believe him. So. There's a funny part here, too. There's a funny dialogue part with Mike, with uh, Jody here, because earlier you said some shit that he said that it's like, oh, they, he does this multiple times. And uh, as Mike's telling him what happened with the car and he's like, you sure it wasn't that retarded kid up the street? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. Okay. <laughs> It's just funny shit like that. It's like, because it's definitely got to be, they plan to be comedic with those lines. Yeah, right. But then there's this funny, like I said, there's this, like, well, that's why I put in my notes that there's this weird humor thrown into the film that pops up every now and again. It's just so random and it's, it made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you think that, like, right here, so the next part, do you think that this is, like, do you like what's happening now? Like, What's about to happen? Mike is like, you know, gearing up, prepping. Yeah, he puts a knife. He takes a knife with him everywhere he goes and shit, right? Yeah, yeah. But do you do you like do you, like do you believe it? Like I don't know, cause like the only reason why I'm asking this is because I like it, but it's like it's like preparing. Like he's by himself and he's going against. Yeah. It's kind of like a. I don't want to say it like this, but it's like Lori versus Michael. But yeah, it's like, yeah. right, right. But but it's like, I don't know. Um, He's kind of taking it into his own hands because nobody believes him, right? Yeah, but I'm saying like, what's he gonna do with a knife? <laughs> True. Yeah, what's he gonna do with a knife? He has a he crucifix grabs, too. Yeah, he grabs a, a crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, I guess, that's his kid logic. He's just, he's a kid, so. Kid logic. It's like, like, like that. Like he's like, I'm gonna take this man on myself. <laughs> yeah, and he puts the knife in his shoe. Make sure he brings it with him. Yeah, so he's preparing himself for something, and obviously we don't know exactly what it is because, like, I mean, it's like we don't know <laughs> where this is going. But yeah, because uh, I mean, the movie does it the first time again. Not spoon fed to us, which is cool, but. Like, you know, it's something that's coming. Obviously, we know that. Um, so he goes back to the cemetery. Yeah. Climbs over the gate, and he comes across the mausoleum again. And um, breaks you see into this it. hall window, yeah. And he breaks into it. And I, I literally thought that right here, like, why he didn't just go through the entrance? But I kind of do get the clothes. Why, I guess. Why? Uh, because he didn't want to get caught? Yeah, because, I mean, I guess if he goes through it and you got the tall man working there, you know, he would maybe see him in, like, the first room he walks in. But... Right. So if he goes into the basement, he's got, like, he has the upper hand where they don't know he's in there. So he can kind of sneak right. up on him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he does break in and we see um, some guy in a hat, which ends up being a caretaker. Yeah, which is, see, like, I... um. You know, we know that, but like whenever we were watching, whenever I was watching it again, like I mean, like I'm obviously I'm, but I'm I'm also kind of like, okay, if it's not the tall man, then who is this guy? Like, is he going to see his dead relatives? You know, (laughs) right? Yeah, 
<laughs> even this time, like you said, even this time when I was watching it, I'm like, is he, is he part of the tall man? I couldn't remember. Yeah, right. Those parts really don't matter because it doesn't have to do with the tall man. I mean, it it kind of does, but we, he's not. Apparently, he's not nothing related to the tall man. But he's weird as fuck. Yeah, yes, yeah. So he's Mike super like suspicious looking. Yeah, and Mike is worried out by him. Um, so he runs away, hides in one of the coffins, and um, this man like walks up to his coffin, and he's just about to open it when the tall man walks in and uh, kind of. Calls him away, I guess. Um, he doesn't say anything, doesn't he? No, I think Tall he does. Man. I think he does, yeah. Does he? I thought he just opens the door and then it kind of gets his attention and he walks out. I think he says a few words, which makes him go. And then, yet again, like you said, this, what you want to call it, the man that's working with him? Taker. Yeah, like he's he's not, like the caretaker's not saying anything he doesn't ever but like i think i think he hints to him to like come out the room literally right before he opens up the the coffin that mike's in yeah but this kind of gives mike a little like time to get out of the coffin now and he escapes and he goes down into the mausoleum and he starts hearing those fucking noises again yeah then what do we see we see this is the first sphere the sphere yeah man and and it's it goes straight into the old man, dude, and it goes <laughs> twists into his forehead. Um, it's a really sick scene. It's like really two cool. things sticking to his head, and then something in the middle drills into his head. Supposedly, yeah. this was thrown by a professional baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see behind the scenes of the pitchers throwing these fucking balls. Like literally, That's just, just funny as fuck to me, man. Dude. Yeah, just humming the shit out of it and then reversing it. All right, and cut. All right, we need, we need you to launch another sphere for us. And, like, the, got Anger Scrim just standing there, like, beside, yeah, waiting. <laughs> I want to see, like I said, I want to see behind the scenes, but also it's a pretty cool idea, though. Like, it's a cool idea because when you reverse it, yeah, you want right. to slow it down, and it's still going pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, it hits him in the head, and yeah, screws a bunch him of up fucking blood on. comes out the end. Yeah, because I mean, the, the sphere is going for Mike, right? Or is this later on? This is the one that's going for Mike. You think it's going for Mike? Well, I mean, I don't think it, like, I don't think it was meant to kill the caretaker, right? I mean. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he was just in the way. He was just in the way. Well, because I know they have, um, I don't know if this was the part when it happens, because I know they have the other sphere part. Right? Don't they have another sphere part? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, I thought that one might have been the one with Mike, but this one might be it. Um, one of them, Mike's like standing there, and the sphere's coming straight for him, and it goes into the the person that is behind him. So I think it's I think it's this part, but yeah, it messes them up pretty bad. Now we know that something is going on. We just have to take Mike's word for it. Like he sees <laughs> it happen now, so. How about you think that was pretty cool? The blood spurting out the hole and then yeah, yeah, pretty cool. So the dude's dead now. Dead as fucking doornail. Some fucking ghostly howls. Mike Mike makes it into another room and slams the door because I think I think the fucking tall man starts following him or something, right? Yeah, yeah. He's chasing after him. Um, he's able to get the door closed though, and uh, man, he cuts off a few fingers right here. Yeah, tall man gets his hand stuck in the door. 
He chops his fucking finger. Mike chops his fingers off, and out comes some fucking yellow goo. <laughs> what you think about that? <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but it's like, I mean, whatever. At this point, it's like, it's a long for a ride. <laughs> I mean, it could have been any color. Yellow is pretty sick, though. I like it. Like, it's kind of disgusting, though. It's, I like it, though. <laughs> It looks weird. It's like this pastel yellow. It's fucking oh, man. <laughs> Not only does he cut his hand, he cut his fingers off though. The fingers are like moving around on the ground after he cuts them off. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm gonna take one of these and put it in my shirt pocket. <laughs> like anybody would do. Yeah, like anybody else would do. Uh so he did get out of the mausoleum. Um and then we see Mike. Chased out by, he gets chased out of the mausoleum though by the by the fucking hooded figure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's able to get out though. And uh, he falls asleep on the staircase. Um, yeah, and uh, Jody wakes him up and um, looks at the gun that he has, which <laughs> Jody has a gun now, right? So where did he, the- he get the gun from? It must be Jody's gun, right? Yeah, I just don't remember, I guess. I don't think they show it. I think you're just supposed to, like, you see Mike with it on the stairwell, and I'm guessing he's supposed to say, like, yeah. it's Jody's gun or something. I don't know. Yeah, what he explains, he explains to Jody what happened, right? And he tells him he has one of the fingers <laughs> yeah. in his box. And he's like, well, I got to see this. So he shows him. Sure enough, there's a fucking finger moving around yeah. <laughs> in the fucking box with the yellow, li- li- yellow liquid goose sticking out the end of it. It's fucking disgusting. Yep. And this yellow is also wait, what's that? Mustard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is also when he tells him he tells Jody now about the tall man lifting up the coffin by himself. First time he tells Jody about it, yep. Yeah. Then I think once he tells him that and he sees the finger, Jody's finally like, Okay. There's truth to, there's some truth to this that you've been saying. Yeah. He starts believing him, yep. Then we go back to the finger, right? The finger is not a finger anymore. The finger t- turns into like a black bug, <laughs> and they cannot control this thing at all. Uh, yeah, the bug looks funny. I think that literally, like it was like funny, like it's comedic, and it makes that buzz noise, and it looks fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, it's like going berserk, dude. Like they got this thing like wrapped up in a shirt or something. It's beating their ass. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and they bring it to a garbage disposal, and then um, they hear a knock on the door, and it's Reg. Yep, perfect timing. <laughs> and the bug wow. ends up the bug ends up flying out from the sink. Yeah, I thought they killed it. He comes up from the sink, and then Jody's grabs it. He stabs it multiple times, and Reggie's like, "What the hell is going on?" And Jody gives Mike a gun, and then after this. Reggie's just like stunned. He's no, he don't know what the fuck's going on. He's like, "What the hell is this?" And then you hear that Jody gives Mike a gun, and he says, "No warning shots. Warning shots are bullshit." Yeah, yeah. He says some other shit too, but I didn't get it down. All the gun stuff. He's leaving. For, Jody's leaving for Morningside, and he tells him to take the gun, but he doesn't want him to leave. He wants him to stay there yeah. and follow him. And you know, he he doesn't listen, but. Yeah, Mike uh, tells him to be careful, and then he heads there, and the score kicks in again. Super sick. Every time it kicks in, you know. it adds so much. It adds so much to the movie, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like obviously, like you know, things are getting serious for these 
see these certain scenes and like every time he gets like this, the the score kicks in. So yeah, yeah. Jody ends. He's on the morning side and he goes through the basement just like Mike did. Yeah. Immediately as he gets in there, there's a fucking hooded minion midget, (laughs) and he attacks Jody. Jumps on his back. Jody pulls out a handgun and ends up shooting it like many times, and uh, he leaves just as quick as he got there. Yeah, I know, right? Like he literally just goes there, kills that real quick, and then heads out. Like, god dang! He's like, I don't know what I came here for, but it wasn't this. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> he does leave pretty fucking quick, or at least, like I say, he tries to. Yeah. And then no one's dro- there's a car, right? The car comes into yeah. play here. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Dude, I have yeah, and I wrote it down. I have this marked down because he sees the car leaving. Um, which is to me, it's just like terrifying because I have dreams about this a lot. I myself have dreams about this a lot. Like I'll be at my parents' like old house and like I'll be down the street by myself at night and then just a random black car. Like I dream about this stuff. I don't know why. Like people wow. follow me in their vehicles and shit. It's weird. <laughs> why do I have to have this? Why do I have to dream of this? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I wonder if that means something. Like I wonder if that's saying something. I don't know. It's happens all the time. Not all the time, like every day or week or anything. But like every now and then, I'll dream about like me just being alone and some vehicle is like somebody just chasing me or something or tracking me down. I don't know. But if it's reoccurring, I wonder what that means. Like because it's got to yeah. possibly mean something. Maybe not. Probably got somebody stalking me right now. <laughs> but how does this car come into into the scene into the movie here? Because get jody leaving yeah um, the car goes after him right i think the car the car is um he tries to shoot the car um yeah yeah nobody's in it and um then you realize well no see that's the thing no one's in it but then you realize that it's mike right yeah no it can't i think that's two different cars though (laughs) really because mike one's a hearse Okay, well, maybe I'm just... That part confused me, to be honest. It's confusing me right now, too, but as I think about it, because I, whenever it first happened, I'm like, nobody's in the car, and then you see Mike. Like you said, <laughs> it was like, well, I, don't, I didn't see him before. Yeah. No, I, think, I think it was the hearse, because it looks like nobody's driving a hearse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, up, right? what I, yeah, well, what I remember is that no one's in it, then you see Mike, and then they drive and are tailed by the same car. And yeah. that car, nobody's driving it. And then Jody shoots it several times, and they, it runs off the road. Um, and then they turn around and go look at it, and then they see in that car they have one of the dwarves and um, a Same branch straight through it. So the branch is through the dwarf. Yeah, but it's not just any dwarf that we find out here. The mask off. It was Jody's friend, right, Tommy. Yeah, Dead, so, um, but he's also a midget. Kind of where he comes back in, I guess. But just imagine this, though. Like he sees that happen, and it's not his same body. It's a fucking like dwarf-sized body with his friend's head on it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and he has all the yellow stuff coming out too. Yeah, yeah, just like the finger. Yep. And then we get Jody, where he calls uh, Reggie from a payphone to bring his truck. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They load Tommy's body red. up. They load Tommy's body up, and uh, he asks him if he's gonna. Leak all over his ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that part now. 
Uh, let's see here. And then they all talk. They cut to them by a fireplace, and like they're talking about how the body got small on the on his friend, and like what's going on with that. Yeah, Tommy's body. It's so weird if you really think about it. Like what's <laughs> happening in this movie? Like, <laughs> what is this? Like, I mean, I it gets even crazier. But it's like, so you smashing people down to make them dwarves? Like, okay, right. like what? Right? Yeah, we find out why though. Know? But uh, Reggie tells them that they should run a stake through the tall man's heart. Jody tells Reggie to take Mike to an antique store. Be safe there. <laughs> yeah, but see, Mike says, I got I got, my, I got something that Mike says right here. He says, <laughs> you got to be shitting me, man. That mother is strong. <laughs> <laughs> he says that whenever whenever Reggie tells him to stab him in the heart with a stake, right? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that mother's strong. Just the you way like he Mike? talks. Do you like Mike? Because I think, I think he's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> you like him as a character? What are you, what are you talking yeah, I mean, about? I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, like, dude's like, I mean, it's like goofy, like in a way. Like, I mean, yeah, he's serious, but like, can we take him so seriously? I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's like a mix, you know. <laughs> yeah. But why does he tell him he's going to bring him to the? Uh, he tells Reggie to bring him to the antique store. I guess. Planning on going after the tall man, Jody? Well, yeah, he tells Reg to take Mike to Sally's antique store to stay at it, um, just to stay over there. Why an antique store? I have no clue. Like, I, I don't who know. Is I just, who is Sally? Yeah, and and then once he gets there, I think Sally's just like a babysitter type person to watch him. Um, because he gets there, he walks around the antique store, and he comes across photos of a woman. Uh, but then he also sees a picture of the tall man on like a black carriage. Yeah, horse and, and uh, buggy. What's that? Horse and buggy. Yeah. Yeah, and and then he turns to him in the photo and looks at him, and that one that that's a pretty weird scene too. Creepy scene. Yeah, like the picture moves of the tall man looks at him in the picture. Yeah. yeah. And then he tells Sally, whoever she is, to take him home. And Jody's uh dreaming he's in the mausoleum with the tall man walking towards him. Yeah. Um. Red, yeah, and Reg is attacked by the little people, like the little dwarf people. He's attacked um, in his ice cream truck. Uh, is it? Yeah, uh-huh. this is that part right here. I didn't, I must not put that down. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, because Mike tells, because I think whenever, uh, no, but I think that what I was saying with Jody, he was dreaming. I think that was just like a side cut scene or something, right? I don't know, cause right here next I have uh, Jody falls asleep and he awakens mm-hmm. in the mausoleum with the tall man walking towards him, and, and then pulling through one of the crypts. Yeah, the wall plate on top of him opens with the one of the dwarfs, um, and then he wakes up. That's what I got there. Yep, but I also yeah. have after this too that Mike tells because Sally's bringing Mike home and we see that and then Mike tells Sally to pull over because they see Reggie's ice cream truck turned over on the side of the road. Right, yeah. Right. So that's right up, after he was attacked. So I, yeah, he really was attacked then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, was he Oh yeah, because Reggie was driving the truck, so yeah, you're right. He must have been attacked. <laughs> the adlock that was keeping the little fucking midget minion in there was broken and uh we learned that it escaped. Um it tries attacking Sally's car, actually. Yeah, uh-huh. ends up even getting in and attacks Mike. Throws Mike out the fucking back window. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how it happened. I just remember that whole incident with the car and Sally and everything. That Mike eventually makes it back home to Jody. Uh huh. Yeah. And then Mike eventually, like, he makes it back home. 
Uh, he tells Jody how Reggie and Sally were taken to Morningside. Then Jody locks him in the room. Yeah, and he pins his shut with a screwdriver. What the hell is that going to do? Apparently nothing, because what you about to see him do in a second here? Yeah, I mean, who would, who would pin a door with a what a wrench or a, I mean, like a like a screwdriver? Like yeah. Mike, what what does Mike do though? He fucking blows off the fucking he blows the fucking <laughs> yeah. thing off. The fucking, yeah, he's uh, Using gunpowder from a shotgun shell, a hammer, and a tack. Yeah, he punctures the, um, one of the shells, and then he uses it as a as a like something to blow a hole in the door. <laughs> and right here, of course, score kicks back in. Yeah, it's fucking cool. I got the score right here too in my notes. <laughs> yeah, but the tall man's waiting outside for him. That's when we get the score too. Escapes out the room, but the tall man's there already. Remember? And the tall man throws him in the hearse. Yep. That's when we get the score. Yeah. Jody arrives at the cemetery. Um, Mike tries to kick out the hearse door. Um, He makes a hole in it. Huh? But Mike has the gun on him too and he pulls it out while. while Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he shoots shoots the tire and then he's able to jump out the hearse, which then uh, hits a pole and explodes. Yeah, and the tall man was supposed to be driving it too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Leads you to believe that the tall man's dead, but. Yeah, definitely Sorry. not. <laughs> we got five of the movies. <laughs> yeah, I know. They didn't have, I don't think they had that in mind. More movies before this. <laughs> oh, no. It would be like a one thing, but. Uh, Cody's back at Morningside, like we said, and he's going to the parents' grave to make sure the tall man didn't get them yet to make them into minions. Because his parents are dead. We forgot to talk about that. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. See, because yeah. I, I didn't even, I've totally forgot to even, I mentioned his parents, but I'm honest, I honestly didn't even remember if he had any, if they, you know, mentioned them or not. Yeah. Do you remember the part I'm talking about, though, where Jody's going to the grave to see if his if his parents had been taken by a tall man? Uh, I don't know, I'm not sure. He opens I don't it up, that. actually, and he opens the coffin, and there's no body in it. Oh, yeah, 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 nobody's in it. He freaks out about that part, or on yeah. that part, and then um, you see one of the flying spheres coming for him. Yep, sphere number two. And uh, yeah, and then Jody shoots that one with a shotgun. Um, and they get to this weird door. Red shows up, and he says yep. that he found the girls, and then that there's other girls there as well. Yeah. Behind this door, though, dude, what is there? Is a bunch of fucking <laughs> barrels. Yeah. Stacked to the ceiling, like this room full of barrels. Excuse me. And, Black uh, barrels in this white space, like this white uh, walls and everything around them. Like, yeah. We see two metal poles too. Yeah, this part's so strange, man. Like, it's because it's like a portal. Yeah, it's a literal pole as a portal. Yeah. <laughs> but I got right here in my nose that this is where we find out the dwarves are in the barrels. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Mike sticks his hand like he sticks his hand through the two poles and it makes this weird noise, but it also makes his hand disappear. These yeah. two poles. He's going through something like another dimension type thing. And us because we now see as Mike falls into it, he sees minions walking in a line. He's he's floating. Actually, he falls into these poles. He's in this other world type thing where the sky's red. He's floating. There's no fucking gravity. What he is also this? sees, like I said, we see the 
What do you think this is, though? I think it is what they tell me it is. It's like, this is must be from where they from. This is where they... Like, yeah, but like... like, Is it like... Literally another planet? Because don't they say it's like another planet or something? Or uh, Mike it says... Is, Mike says, like... The poles... That they're slaves and that this is their planet. Planet that he was seen? Yeah, and it's just like... I mean, yeah, you can't really pinpoint exactly what it is, but it's like... I mean, yeah, I guess there is no point to determine what it is because... (laughs) What do we see, really? We just see red skies and then we see minions and barrels walking in a line. Like, what a boring-ass planet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Then the lights go out, and Mike is attacked by one of the dwarves, <laughs> and then we just see that Mike is just gone now. Uh, <laughs> the lights come back on. Yep, and then uh, Reg grabs both of the poles. Uh, he feels the need Jody. to touch him for some reason. Yeah, yeah and uh, Jody's looking for Mike, and we see the lady, the lady from the beginning that killed Tommy. Um. Yeah, something happens to her as Reg touches the poles. Um, and then suddenly all the barrels... Too. What's that? She has a knife, we noticed, too. She has a knife again? I think the lady has a knife. Yeah, right. And then suddenly all the barrels get sucked up into the poles, and they go to that red planet. It's like a windstorm, yeah. Yeah. Reggie almost gets pulled in, but I think I think he doesn't, though, ultimately. No, yeah, yeah. Reg gets out. We see Mike looking for Jody. Uh, it's super windy. It's not like it's like a hurricane going on. And I mean, yeah. it's like, dude, it's whipping, dude. It's it's whipping in there. <laughs> I marked it down. Like it's it's literally like a like a whirlwind type thing going on. Like it's making everything go nuts. Um, yeah. They see. Do they try to? They get out of Morningside, right? That's when this is happening. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. And that's when Reggie yeah, everybody sees get out. Yeah. 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 And Reggie sees the woman in purple, the lady in lavender, and she ends up stabbing Reggie in the stomach and just stands over him. And then you got Jody and Mike see it happen, but they leave instead of staying. I know. Mike, yeah. is, Mike is dropped off at home, look for more weapons and ammo while Jody goes to the mine shaft in town. Suppose there's a mine shaft in town. They put this plan here. There's a <laughs> mine shaft somewhere in town, and we're gonna get the, we're gonna get the tall man to go there. It's like okay, dude, and it's like they like they go off and then they see they see that Reg is dead, like he's yeah. he's dead, and then the mausoleum disappears. So like it just disappears, big ass mausoleum. By the way, with the mon shaft too, he says that the mon shaft is a thousand feet deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's trying to trap Tall Man in there, right? Yeah, he's gonna lock him up and uh. <laughs> Or he's gonna he's gonna trap him in there, but uh, Jody tells Mike uh, to go inside and lock up and stay yeah. inside. As he tries to do that, Mike looks outside the window and sees tall man. Yeah, tall man breaks. Tall man didn't die. Tall man did not die in the wreck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he actually breaks through the window, kind of like returning the favor since Mike broke the window to like Morningside. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah, and he chases Mike. You play a good game, boy, but the game is finished. <laughs> now you die. And then two gravestones pop from the fucking nowhere out of the ground. 
of himself. It's just fear, like the old gypsy lady said. <laughs> he's like, he, he's like, it's just, it's just fear. It's not real. He jumps into some soft mud, and then Mike remembers not to fear, and he's able to get away from these zombies. Uh, but then yet again, we see the the lady that killed Tommy from the beginning. We see her pop back up, and she tells Mike, "Don't fear," which is so ass backwards. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> Once we get to the end here, I'm telling you, it makes more sense yeah. to realize what it is. But the part in the score right here, too, with the woman in purple, that reminds me of the Beyond. I put that in my notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's pretty cool. If you listen back, yeah. it's like very Fabio Frisi sounding. <laughs> beyond yeah, Fences. Uh, beyond Phantasm. Tall man, though, he chases Mike further past the mine shaft, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mike jumps over it, but the tall man ends up falling into the mine shaft, just like the plan all along. Huge boulder falls on top of the entrance. This where the tall so, man yeah, this is, this is so like extra, but I like it. I like it too. But this is like this is like the amped up finale right here. Yeah, he's trapped in there now. But then we cut what? Getting up in bed. And he's sitting by a fire now next with Reggie, and. uh Tells him it was all a bad dream because I guess it's Reggie and 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 Mike. Um, they're sitting by fire. I guess Mike tells him everything that happened that we just saw. The movie just yeah. played out, and Jody and, and not Jody. Um, Reggie's like, it's just a dream. It's just a dream. Uh, and yeah, here Jody died in a car wreck. Yeah, yeah. We learned that Jody actually died in a car wreck. Um. Which makes you wonder, like I said, the entire film was from Mike's perspective within his dream. And uh, Reggie says, we're going to take care of him. I think, right? Yeah, right. Reggie says he's going to take care of, of Mike. Jody's yeah, not no, dead. he says he's going to take care of Jody. You mean Mike? Because Jody's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tells Mike, he's like, don't worry. I got you back here. Jody's dead, maybe, but I'm gonna be a good friend, and I'm gonna I'm yeah, gonna you. yeah. That's what I was gonna say, though. But the thing is, though, is <laughs> no. So we see Mike standing by Jody's grave, and I'm pretty sure that Reggie says, "Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right." He's gonna take care of Mike, and if he can't be Jody, that he'll try to be. And then um, Reg asks him, asks Mike if he wants to hit the road, and then he asks him where they're going. <laughs> Or where would they go? Would they go, yeah. And then um, Mike gets some things together. I don't even know if he really tells him anything right there. I don't think so. Yeah. Reggie picks up a fucking guitar. He <laughs> <laughs> said, so I'm taking this with me for sure. <laughs> yeah. He kind of looked, no, but Reggie kind of looks sad because I guess he's sad for Mike. And then Mike goes into the room, looks at a Polaroid of Jody. Um, as the door closes to his room, we see a mirror on the door behind the door. And guess who it is? The tall man. The fucking tall man. But did you notice here? It's shot later on, I guess, or unless they dyed his hair in the beginning. But when you see the tall man earlier in the movie, he's got black hair. You see him now in this mirror part, he looks like Angus Grimm that I know with the gray hair. He looks like Yeah, different. right. Oh yeah. Different. When did they forgot? Right. Or 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 what happened here? Because like it's yeah. supposed to be a dream, that part, and now this is the real part. I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. The door closed, yeah. like you said, and then you hear him, boy. Mike yeah, gets pulled into the mirror, though. Mike gets pulled into the mirror by some hands that seemingly are hooded minions, you know? Yeah. And uh, 
that's where the movie ends right there. And we hear the theme again. Yeah, we hear the theme. It plays it out. Yep. And that's that, that wraps it up. That wraps up Phantasm. Yeah, man. Um, what about a rating? Solid. Yeah, what about a rating here? Because this is your pick. So what what did you rate? I would rate the movie. Um, I would rate the movie as being one of my uh, favorites from the seventies for sure. Uh, I definitely have to give it a four and a half out of five. Ladies and gentlemen, check it out. Yeah, what would that be? That would be about a nine. In a nine no, and a I'd half. probably give it a nine point five out of ten. Uh, dude, it's so hard for me to give a movie a five out of five because I mean, I look at you know, you know which ones I look at as being five out of fives. I mean. Right. I look at Halloween, Exorcist, the ones that I literally said that we will eventually get to one day, but we just don't hit it right now because there's so much already out there of them. But those are literally so perfect. They're talked about a lot for a reason. This, I really like it, but it's movies like this that, you know, I do find to be super good, but I put them a little bit, I put it a little bit lower just because I don't find it exactly paired up with Halloween. Now, I mean, I do understand a five out of five for this because of what it is like it's its own thing for sure so i understand that but um you when you think about movies that you watch you because i mean you just said it just now but when you watch a movie you compare it to like a 10 out of 10 so you're like that's not on that level so you don't put it as a 10 out of 10 well yeah i see what you're saying it's just hard for me it's hard for me to i guess because like I don't know, because, like, yeah, if you would say, like, you know, what if Halloween and Exorcist didn't exist? I don't know why I'm using just those two, by the way, as an example, but... I mean, they're good examples. <laughs> if those two didn't exist, like, would this be a five? Probably still not, because... Probably no, not. You can't, say that. Like, you, can't say, you can't say if it would or not, because those movies still exist, even though you say they wouldn't. Back in your mind, they still do. Yeah, exist. but, yeah, but, like... I don't know. Now you're getting me into like this philosophical thought process because like, <laughs> because like I'm looking at it now as like phantasm, you know, I, I I don't think it's like, it's so hard for me to think of a movie that's like, you know, a lot has to line up for me to be a movie to be perfect. So like it has to like make me feel something and it, this does, but it's not on that perfection level, I guess. So, but yeah, I would give it a four and a half out of five. I just rambled on about it for too long, but yeah. No, all good. Um, well, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. I'm going to give it a perfect score, actually. A 10 out of 10. It's not on the level, film-wise, as those movies you mentioned. Halloween, The Exorcist, those are better made movies. For me to give something a 10 out of 10, it's how it makes me feel. How much I can revisit it. And, like, it's just, I don't know. It, it mean, When I watch it, even now, after so many times, I'm like, this feels huge to me. This feels like a huge horror movie, and it's like a big moment in horror history. And while it's not perfect to get a perfect score, I don't look at movies like that. Like I don't compare it to another 10, of 10, 10 out of 10 that I gave. I just compare it to how I feel with this on its own. And to me, personally, just me, it's a, it's a 10 out of 10. But I think it's just because I love it so much, you know? I feel like, I don't know, Like I feel like if you like horror movies, you're probably going to... F- look at it as a higher you know you like you, it's it's good it's good like you know like there's nothing like i mean it's it's not one that you should really find many problems with just because like it's i mean yeah, if you, you do you know, 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, if you do, but like I'm saying, if you take it for what it is, because right. of how vague it is, really, with its material, like I think it's pretty, pretty cool in that matter. You know, like it, it really, I don't know, like it really makes itself like its own thing because of how vague it is, because of how odd, creepy it is. Uh, there's only what two deaths in it uh three deaths maybe what's well, there's the uh there's a guy in the beginning Tommy, and then there's, there's a guy in the beginning and then there but yeah the, the main one though the sphere kill is a big one and then we got like the one in the beginning but my point is is like there what i'm trying to say is not even talking about the deaths really i'm talking mainly about like the gore and everything with it it's mainly right. on the, in my opinion, it's primarily on the creep level <laughs> than the, like, shock or gore yeah. or anything like that. So I see that, yeah, absolutely. Which, I agree. This is way more on atmosphere, mood, creep, settle into your bones type thing. Like, makes you think about it days after because it's like, this is fucking weird and I feel creeped out and it's odd. The sequel, they kind of up the gore. Kind of up. The, they they still have that atmospheric part, but they kind of up the gore because there's like, well, Friday the Thirteenth out now, and all these other movies we got to keep up with. So the gore's up, but this one in particular, yeah, or harping on just creeping you the fuck out. And I think it don't make sense about it. Um, helps the movie out instead of hurts it because yeah, it, um, right. because of like you said, it's it's a fucking dream logic nightmare shit. Like if you take it like that and you take it for what it is, it's a dream. It's all in Mike's head. A lot of that stuff makes sense to me. Yeah, right. Do you like though how it's a dream? Because those movies, you know, sometimes I can come off as like, oh come on. Uh, depends how it's done, I guess. Yeah, this is done in a very... I think this is done in a very different approach. Like, it really is. Because, like, genuinely, like, yes, it is a dream. But it's not... But it, but it, but it is in reality as well. And then what happens in the dream doesn't happen in reality. So it's not like it's like, oh, my God, like, did it really happen or not? Like, because, you know, Jody really did die in her life. But Jody's not dead in the dream so it's kind of like is mike you know does mike miss jody and is like trying to stop him from leaving because of dying like you know what i mean like it's it works like, yeah. yeah yeah different yeah i think it's yeah the whole dream is i guess that's how i took it at least and and that's like jody's in his dream and he's scared of him leaving it's because he in real life he actually did leave and so he's kind of dealing with that in his subconscious right. you know yeah but yeah man that yeah, was fantastic man great great pick from you um, I had fun talking about this movie. I had fun watching it. I, I can watch this movie almost any time, really. Yeah, but man, um, solid movie. I've only seen it like two or three times now, but it's like one of those that like I don't revisit a lot. But when I do revisit it, I do get excited about it again because it's you know I let it. I do, I do like it a lot. But if I haven't revisited it in a while, it's gonna feel like I'm watching it again for the first time in a way. It does yeah, it does feel like that? I didn't remember about it and stuff, and it was it was fun. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah, that wraps up episode seventeen, and uh, yeah, man, uh, we we uh, as of this episode right now, my Wi-Fi is acting fine, but we've been having problems with that. So we tried to get this episode out earlier to you all. Um, didn't go as planned. But now it's happening, and so hopefully, 
far as our schedules are concerned, if that goes fine, we're going to try to get these out quicker, like we said last episode. Yep, 80s week. week and it'll be my pick. So, And so if you want to find out what that movie will be, you can follow us on our Instagram, Beyond the Census Podcast. Um, post as much as I can on there now. Is picking it up lately. And uh, yeah, man, you'll be the first to find out there. And spread the word if you liked it. If you like this episode, if you like the podcast, um, if you like Phantasm, if you like the tall man, give us a listen, spread the word, and uh, we appreciate all of it, as always. <laughs>